Living Local, telling the stories that connect us. A United Way of Greater Milwaukee and Waukesha County podcast. Today we continue our partnership with Ex Fabula, a local organization committed to strengthening community bonds through the art of storytelling. To bring some of their most compelling stories to you, and to learn a little more about the tellers behind these stories. Silver Spring Neighborhood Center, a United Way program partner, is located in the neighborhood of Westlawn on Milwaukee's northwest side. Since 1958, Silver Spring has served Westlawn's 7,000-plus residents, many of whom face challenges like poverty and unemployment, by offering programs for everyone, no matter the age. About a year and a half ago, Tom Ellis took the position of executive director at Silver Spring. Five years earlier, Tom had retired from a decades-long career in banking and had spent his short retirement taking walking trips around the world. When he was back in his local community, Tom began volunteering in Milwaukee, which led him to board membership at Silver Spring, then the executive director position when it opened up. We chat with Tom about Tristan, a little boy in Silver Spring's Elaine Schreiber Early Childhood Development Center who has made quite an impression, as well as how Silver Spring approaches early childhood education in a neighborhood with tremendous need. First, let's hear Tom tell his story at an ex-fabulous story slam last year. You'll all be relieved to know it's not my story, it's a story about Tristan. Um, But I'm relatively new in my job, and I'm hopeful that most people that are new in their jobs make a number of bad decisions every day, because I do that. But one of the very good decisions I make every day is I park at the side of our building, and I enter through the Early Childhood Development Center. And as I walk in, immediately to my left is a classroom. And there's a group of young children, usually about a dozen, who are having their morning snack along with their carton milk. And one of those young children always says first, before anyone gets a chance, good morning, Mr. Tom. And then Tristan begins to tell me all about his day. And at some point, I go, Tristan, because at this point, you know, I've I've been there long enough that the kids recognize me, and they want to tell me about, you know, what's going on. And I say, Tristan, I think we should give the other children a chance to say some things. And this will all be more meaningful to you when you hear Tristan's story. But Tristan says, That's, that'll happen when I'm done, Mr. Tom. <laughs> Tristan is resourceful. He looks, now forgive me for this, he looks to me like a little Barack Obama. He's plenty good looking. His ears are maybe just noticeable. But what's most special about Tristan is he has his glow. And you've all met these kids that are just special because they're full of life and energy. And it's just fun to see him. He's just a special, special kid. He's now uh, four years old. He's in Browning Elementary. He's reading age appropriately. 91% of the kids that go through our four-star program, and we're very proud of that. We're, the old, we're one of two in the 53218 zip code four-star programs. But 91% of the kids who go through our program read age appropriately when they enter elementary school. 31% of the kids in our general population do that. So he's reading age appropriately. Tristan's very resourceful. He very well might be president one day. There's a little red cart that we put our little children in, and they like to cruise around the Silver Spring Neighborhood Center, and if it's a nice day, they go outside. But somehow Tristan gets 
his caregiver, his instructor, to get him to come through the administrative office occasionally. <laughs> and guess, guess who pops into my office to talk to me about what's going on? Tristan. And um, so he's a special little guy. Tristan entered our early childhood development center when he was seven months old. He went into the bumblebee program. I have no idea why we call them bumblebees, but they, they, are, they are cute little, little guys and girls when they come in. Um, by the time he was 12, he went into the toddler program, and our staff realized that there was an issue. Um, he was delayed in his speech. We use and were trained on ASQ, Ages and Stages Questionnaire. We went through the questionnaire. Fortunately for Tristan, He's got Grandma Anita in his life, who cares about him dearly. And Grandma Anita with us worked to get MPS involved. We had UW-Milwaukee involved. There was a doctor referral. We worked very hard with Tristan. And Tristan worked on his abilities to speak. So this little guy who now lights up a room and is as verbal as they get is someone who had to overcome some very serious barriers to get where he is today. Tristan comes from a neighborhood where young children have all the disadvantages. Our little boys live on average 10 years less than little boys in wealthier suburbs. One in 10 are proficient in math by the time they get to eighth grade. They're six and a half times more likely to die of violent crime. What happens to little boys like Tristan who don't take advantage of something like an early childhood development center is something that I wonder about. We have license for 125, we have room for more, and our goal is to impact as many lives as we can like Tristan's, because I don't know what the trajectory of his life would have been had he not come into our Early Childhood Development Center, but I believe this bright little guy who's very verbal and is so full of life has a wonderful future ahead of him, and we're very proud of him, and we're very proud of our staff for what they've done for Tristan. We just heard you tell a story about Tristan. When did you tell that story? It was probably about nine months ago. I okay. Think. All right. And do you still see Tristan? Yeah, just about every day. I think in the story um, I mentioned that I, I park uh, right outside early childhood, and I love that because I can start my day walking through the center and, and leave my day walking through. And Tristan is now in uh, K-5, so during the school year he comes before school, and uh, we, I see him during the summer. And uh, he's still at that wonderful age where he likes to give hugs. And so most mornings I get a hug. And it's been kind of infectious. The other kids have seen that because <laughs> I think they're not all naturally inclined to do that. And uh, so sometimes I get a line of about five or six kids that give me a hug to start my day now. That's a good way to start your day. Yeah, and thank you, Better Tristan. than coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Silver Spring Neighborhood Center is a great partner of United Way, and one of the programs that we support is your Early Childhood Development Center, the Elaine Schreiber Early Childhood Development Center. Tom, considering the, you know, the neighborhood you serve, which is West Lawn on Milwaukee's northwest side, you know, there are certain barriers and challenges that the people living there face. Um, there's higher rates of poverty. How is the Elaine Schreiber Center at Silver Spring Neighborhood Center different from a child care center, say, in the suburbs? 
Yeah, I think maybe just a little bit of perspective. Uh, our neighborhood um, has about half the median income of the city, and the city is half to a third the median income of the wealthy suburbs. The wealthy suburbs have unemployment rates of around 4%, and we're about 20%. So I think why that's important is the children that come to our center come from homes um, that are difficult homes. Um, people don't have life-sustaining jobs often, and uh, when they do, um, they're very busy. They can't afford um, you know, the kind of time or care that, that maybe kids in wealthier suburbs get. And so children come with a lot of unearned disadvantages to our center. And what that means is it often will translate itself to behavioral problems. Um, we know that many of our children are cognitively behind when they come in. They're, they're behind from a social and emotional development standpoint. And so we have some real challenges in terms of, of running a childhood center in our kind of neighborhood that wouldn't occur in a, in a suburb. I think additionally, um, the, the ability to learn when you enter K-5 uh, is heavily dependent on your cognitive and your social-emotional skills. And we know in our neighborhood, children who do not have the ability to come to a center like ours really struggle and are well behind. In fact, uh, I saw a study once where about a third of children from our neighborhood are ready for K-5 when they go in K-5. Wow. And the number for us is closer to uh, 95% are ready for kindergarten. And what we also the know... The number of kids who go through your childhood development center. Correct. Wow, that's significant. It is. And, and what we also know is that if you start out behind in K-5, it's really, really difficult to, to catch up, and it represents all kinds of challenges for the educators uh, through elementary school and beyond. How do you make the Early Childhood Development Center at Silver Spring accessible to the folks in your neighborhood? That's a tough one. I mean, um, the center is very affordable, and it's really set up in terms of how people pay um, for working parents. And so it's accessible for a working parent in that uh, for approximately, depending on the situation, but maybe $30 a week they can send their children there. Where there's a problem is in homes where there isn't a job because then they simply can't afford because they don't get the same kind of subsidy to send uh, children to our center. Also, there's a problem if um, we have a, a, a working parent with a child there who loses their job because then, then that parent is in the very unfortunate situation where um, not only did they lose their job and they have to work to find another job, but they're responsible full-time for the, for the care of their child, which is, which is really burdensome, and it makes it more difficult to find a job. Also, plenty of transportation challenges uh, in our neighborhood in terms of getting children to our center. Considering these, these barriers and challenges faced by the residents in your neighborhood and, and all the stuff, the life stuff that kids come, come to the Childhood Development Center with, these burdens that they're shouldering. How do you work to meet and help these children overcome these challenges? What do you do to make these children so ready to enter school compared to their peers who aren't in your center? You know, it's interesting. Um, it's, it's a very difficult model, an early childhood center. It's, um, 
there's not a lot of money to run it successfully and there's a lot of challenges in a day there's a lot of behavioral challenges but really what we need to do and what we work very hard to do every day is is love the children and if you ever walk through uh, our early childhood center you'll see caregivers that that are just giving a lot of love to kids um, beyond that is the educational component the working with kids to develop the cognitive skills and we, and we work hard at that and um, you know we always wish we could do more in that regard um, but that's where we make a real difference in lives too it's about both dimensions it's that social emotional development but it's also the development of the cognitive skills so I'm gonna ask you for a little history lesson uh, this is something that I'm personally interested in and I hope our listeners are too Silver Spring Neighborhood Center was founded over 50 years ago in the Westlawn neighborhood on the settlement house model can you tell me what the settlement house model is there are probably others who could tell you more intelligently than <laughs> or we I could, could ask Wikipedia but this is, <laughs> yeah, I want to no. hear your answer <laughs> yeah no my 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 view of it would be a neighborhood house was a place where a community could come and gather and that it was a social place. It was a place that had the interest of the neighborhood in mind that worked on developing programs to help benefit the, uh, the neighborhood. Our mission uh, for a very long time is to build a stronger community. And we say we do that by helping individuals and families achieve self-sufficiency. So in our early childhood center, we take children six weeks old, um, we work with elementary school kids in our after-school and before-school programs. We have a wonderful teen center where, where kids gather for academic support and then recreation after school. Um, we have two uh, adult learning centers in our, in our building. We offer a GED and an option 509 uh, through Milwaukee Achievers in our building. Uh, so, you know, one of the big impediments to employment is getting a high school equivalency degree. We do that. We help people with employment. Uh, we have a food pantry. We have a wonderful partnership with UWM. We have a nursing center in our building. So I guess sort of the, the long answer to your question is a neighborhood house is there to really be part of and benefit the community. We're very mission-focused, and our goal is to really provide effective programming and a safe place to come in our neighborhood for, for our residents. Wow. And having visited Silver Spring Neighborhood Center before, it's very worthwhile going by and taking a tour or volunteering for one of their programs. It's a beautiful center. Looking kind of big picture, what needs to happen so that more kids, maybe even all kids in our community, can have access to the quality early childhood development resources like the ones provided at Silver Spring? You know, it's interesting. Uh, there's a lot of great white papers on early childhood development, and whether your political beliefs are from the left, the right, or the center, uh, all would agree, I believe, that the best return on investment, and that's kind of business speak, but it's also, you know, we're all pretty practical with our money. Um, you know, what is the investment of our hard-earned dollars, whether we're donating them, whether it's through the government, and it all points to early childhood education. And I think there's a misconception that it's simply babysitting, but it's so, so much more than that. And the reason um, it is such a good investment 
is that, again, you know, that early investment in children means everything in terms of their ability to learn their whole lives. 80% of our brain is formed in our first year of life. How many words children hear, um, how they're spoken to, uh, how they're engaged uh, in the first year, in those first few years of life mean a lot. Early childhood centers are difficult financial models, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, we get help from some wonderful foundations uh, and individuals from around the community who help to make this economic model work. It's hard to find that money. And so I guess in terms of investment, there's nothing better. In terms of getting more quality early childhood care in the inner city, it really comes down to a funding issue. And fortunately, Silver Spring Neighborhood Center has been able to attract funds to help support the center. A lot of centers can't. And a lot of neighborhoods simply don't have the benefit of an early childhood center because of financial reasons. So that kind of is a nice lead-in to a question I always like to ask, which is how can listeners help? How can listeners get involved? You know, it's interesting you, uh, you, you referenced uh, taking a tour of the center. My predecessor uh, as executive director was Anthony McHenry, who's now at uh, Milwaukee uh, Academy of Sciences. He's the CEO there, and he took me on a tour about a year and a half ago, and he said, any time we can get someone to take a tour, they want to be involved. And involvement, you know, part of our mission is just to create awareness of the issues in the inner city. And we're always amazed that people come and say, wow, this is a really wonderful group of people doing wonderful work. And I usually respond, and I think Anthony responded before me. Yeah, life in the inner city isn't like what you see on the evening news every night. There are a lot of wonderful people who want to be contributors to our community, who want to be part of making Milwaukee a great place and a successful place. So people who come for a tour, and I, I love to give tours. I'm very proud of our staff. A tour for me is usually introducing people to as many staff members as I can find and letting them talk about what they're doing. These are people of great passion, many whom had a lot of the unearned disadvantages of the people that come to our center. But if you come for a tour and you choose to volunteer time, if you choose simply to talk about the center and the good work it's doing and some of the hope that exists in the inner city, if you choose to donate money, um, if you choose to get involved in another organization doing worthwhile things in the city, that's a win. So, uh, you know, how can listeners help? Come take a tour or take a tour of another social services agency in the city. There's a lot of good work being done. Um, I'll give a plug to United Way. Uh, we wouldn't be in existence if it weren't for United Way. They hold us accountable for what we do, which is great. They help fund us. They have access to funding that we would never have ourselves. And there are a lot of great United Way-affiliated organizations within the city making a real difference in lives. So I think just simply take a tour. Anyone that runs a social services agency would love to meet someone new who's interested in what we're doing. Tom, tell us a little bit about your background. Where were you? So you've been at Silver Spring for about 13 months. Where were you before that? Yeah, I feel like I have this uh, incredibly charmed life. Um, I worked for 30 years in banking, um, was an executive at a bank that was purchased. Uh, when it was purchased, I chose to take an early retirement plan. Um, my wife and I have always been savers, so we could do that. Um, and for about five years, I took some walking trips all around the world 
and uh, literally walked across countries and got very involved in volunteering in the inner city when I was home. Um, and so I think the conclusion that I came to after all that, I would call it selfish uh, <laughs> absorption, uh, was if it's not about money and it's not about ego, what's it about? And for me, I think the answer is community. And we live on this wonderful planet, and there's so many positive things that happen in this world every day. But also, uh, in many ways, um, it's not a fair place. And when I take people on a tour and I show them our beautiful little children who, you know, are six and a half times more likely to be victims of homicide who in their life will make a third, if they're lucky, of the incomes of people in the wealthier suburbs who, you know, one in ten of them will be proficient in math in eighth grade. I mean, it just goes on and on. And, and their only crime was really to be born in that neighborhood. So I guess when I look at myself and my motivations, um, a world where everyone can succeed, and ever, a world where everyone who wants to work hard and make a difference um, doesn't start with so many disadvantages and contribute. That's the kind of world I'd like to be part of. And, you know, in the time that I have left, um, that's, that's what I want to be about. So, uh, you know, who I am, I, I don't know. I was somebody. I am somebody. I've always tried to be involved with things that aren't directly related to me. And I think, uh, you know, my time at Silver Spring Neighborhood Center has been the best time in my life because I've never felt more fulfilled about my contribution. Other than every morning getting that hug from Tristan, what's one moment in the last 13 months at Silver Spring that really sticks out? Yeah, you know, it's like, so in my old job, I had thousands of people that worked for me. It was a big administrative job. It was a lot of, you know, meetings would start at 7 o'clock in the morning and go all day, and it was in conference rooms, and and it was so far removed from the reality of most of the planet. Uh, you know, we say 780 million people wake up hungry in this planet every day. About 6,000 wake up hungry in our neighborhood, and we feed them through our food pantry. So memorable moments in the last 13 months happen every week, and they happen in multiples. And one of the benefits of being in a small agency is it's ground zero. And so the mother whose child cannot function in an early childhood center, who's disruptive, who uses foul language, who runs out the door, who we have to dismiss from the early childhood center, who's in tears because she's trying to make her job work and she doesn't have a better option for her child is a moment that sticks out. I'm going to give you a couple just mm -hmm. because I think they're representative of, of my new life. The father who comes on Christmas Eve after food pantry's closed, who's been turned away by food pantry because we're supposed to do that, we're open certain hours, who has children at home that are hungry that ask me, can I please open the pantry and give them some food? And I, of course, say yes. And he gives me a big hug, and he breaks down in tears. And I ask myself, who am I to be making some of these kinds of decisions about who can feed their family on any day of the year? So 
they're real life issues, and there are a lot of wonderful people who who haven't been treated wonderfully in their life, who would just like the chance to to be a part of something, to contribute, to succeed. And those moments happen every week with children, with adults. And, um, you know, if places like Silver Spring Neighborhood Center aren't in these neighborhoods, um, I don't know what happens, but it's not good. It's not good for any of us. Well, if that's not a pitch for working in the nonprofit world, I don't know what is. Well, Tom Ellis, thank you so much for sitting down with us today and, and for sharing and for all the work that you do at Silver Spring. No, thank you for the opportunity to talk a little bit about our story, and uh, hopefully some of your listeners come by and uh, let, us, let us introduce them to a few people. Thanks. That was Tom Ellis, Executive Director of Silver Spring Neighborhood Center. United Way proudly supports several programs through Silver Spring, and we highly encourage you to take that tour that Tom was talking about. For more information, visit ssnc-milw.org. Silver Spring Neighborhood Center is just one of many organizations participating in United Way's 2017 Season of Caring. Visit unitedwaygmwc.org volunteer to browse available volunteer projects across the community. Learn more about Exfabula and figure out how you can tell your own story at one of their story slams. Visit exfabula.org. That's E-X-F-A-B-U-L-A dot org. Living Local is produced by myself, Katie Kuhn, Melissa Hannon, Brian McCaig, and John Waldbauer. A very special thank you to Ethan and Maeve McCaig for providing the music and voice talent for our introduction. <laughs>